Hello, and welcome to Rolling Solo. I'm your host, as always, Jason. Um, I'm really excited today. Um, I just finished recording this not too long ago, and I'm just kind of coming back to put this little blurb in the beginning of it. Um, wow, this is, uh, this is definitely a very interesting experience. I give more of my thoughts at the end, so I don't really want to spoil that too much. Um, but it's definitely different. Um, so, as I was finished recording this and I was going back through and editing some bits, I realized that maybe I don't want to edit this quite yet. Um, I started removing and You've heard me already in this opening. I've said like three ums. I, I found myself starting to like nag over like removing ums or removing breaths or removing this, removing that. And then I realized that maybe that's not good for what I want to do this with. And maybe I'm putting a little bit more pressure on myself than I want to right now. So for now, I'm going to leave that stuff in. Um, there are a couple of times in my play where I go down one track and then I go, wait a minute. No, I don't think that's it. And then I back up and revise what I said. That is all, all in this game. Like that is literally in the rule book. There is a move for redirecting what you're doing. So like, I think to be authentic and to show what it's like to play this as a frustrated guy just trying to learn something new, I think I'm just going to keep this bare bones. Um, I've already done some of that editing. There is some removal of stuff that I considered quote unquote choppy, but from now on, I'm just going to let it go. The last like large chunk of it is all set to go. I'm just going to kind of clean up the voice like I normally do and leave it at that. Um, so yeah, thanks for sticking with me. I'm really excited to get in this truly first meat and potatoes episode. Um, and it left off at a, like a pretty decent cliffhanger, I think. So just, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, I, I'm ready to roll up for my second session and I cannot wait to find time to record that. So for people who have been listening, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. It is the year 206 PE, post-Exodus. We watch as an Ascension starship barrels through space, its dark green figure cutting against a dim and bulging red sun. Cassidy O'Brien leans back in the pilot's chair deep in thought over the star map that's charted in front of her. She looks flustered and confused, exhaustion painted on her face, but she sees that her destination is just ahead, so she slowly collects herself and begins her disembark routine. Watching this, you'd be forgiven if you thought Cassidy was a synth. It's religiously methodical, a balancing act between a science and an art. Thankfully, synths are just a myth and Cassidy simply has her routine memorized to the second, 384 seconds to be exact. Today, Cassidy adds an extra step to her routine and grabs an H-mask from the storage locker. She fastens it around her neck, making sure it fits snugly around her nose and mouth, then retracts it back down into her collar. 402 seconds. Cassidy has been asked to deliver an important shipment of supplies to the Florin settlement on Boss. A small group of scientists, including one of her former colleagues, Isaac Shepard, has been doing research on this distant planet. 
Bale fires have made things difficult to reliably make contact with Florin, so Cassidy has been asked to trade supplies for knowledge. A swollen, gaseous planet suddenly appears in the ship's main window. The starship heaves and lurches as it is quickly pulled into the planet's gravitational pull. The lights in the rear of the ship flicker. I should really get that checked, she thinks to herself. As the Sparrowhawk descends into the stormy atmosphere, we hear the burgeoning cries of metal being tested against the wind. Cassidy pulls a small black compass from her waist and watches as the dial spins erratically, trying its best to adjust to this planet's bizarre gravity field. She closes her fist tightly around it and shuts her eyes. The black iron is warm in her hand. It's time to swear an iron vow. Okay, and with that, it is time to make our first move of the game. There is a specific move that you roll whenever you take a quest, um, and it's to swear an iron vow. When you swear upon iron to complete a quest, you write your vow and give it a rank. Then roll plus heart. If you swear this vow to a connection, add plus one. If you share a bond, add plus two. So before we roll, we're going to do what the move says. We're going to write our vow and give it a rank. Um, I say that... Um, the quest itself is really to retrieve the information from Isaac, bringing the supplies here that they asked for. But the real thing that we want to take from this is we want to retrieve the information from Isaac. And I want to be clear in that because I think that there's going to be some, (laughs) some delays in between us meeting Isaac or us being able to get information from Isaac properly um so we're going to give it a rank a rank is kind of like the difficulty it is to complete a quest you have troublesome dangerous formidable extreme and epic and then you have a little progress track underneath that there are 10 progress tracks the difficulty affects how quickly you're able to mark in those boxes to uh uh, to complete the quest So, for example, I think this one is going to be a dangerous quest. So I'm going to write down uh, retrieve information from Isaac. Uh, It is dangerous. So that means every time we mark progress towards completing this quest, we are going to mark two boxes. If it was troublesome, we would mark three. If it was formidable, we would mark even less. And then you can go all the way down to epic, which you're marking like little teeny tiny tallies in the box and... It just takes forever to complete those. Um, all right. So we've swore our vow. We've given a rank. And now we're going to roll plus heart. Um, Cassidy's heart is plus two. All right. My action die was a three. So three plus two is five. Uh, my challenge dice one was a three and one was a five. Oh, gosh. Okay. So um, ties do not count uh so that is a weak hit so when you swear an iron vow on a strong hit you are emboldened and it's clear what you must do take plus two momentum on a weak hit you are determined but begin your quest with more questions than answers take plus one momentum and envision what you do to find a path forward Um, on a miss you must overcome significant obstacles before you begin your quest envision what stands in your way 
Um, so I think first things first, um, since that was a weak hit, we need to determine what that obstacle is. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take plus one momentum. So I go from plus two to plus three. And we'll talk more about momentum later. Um, and then I'm going to create... I think this is a perfect opportunity to introduce the tension clocks. Um, so I already had a couple of ideas of what weird stuff could be happening on this planet to make it difficult for us. And I think one of these things is going to be tied to this tension clock. So a tension clock is basically just kind of like um, if you've played any Powered by the Apocalypse games or some other um, some other various role-playing games use this. They're like little wheels with like sections cut out of them. And you can use them to keep track of timed events. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to create a tension clock to keep track of some event that could happen. Um, we already know that boss has these strong atmospheric shifts and these strong gravitational pull. They have various um, weird inconsistent atmospheres that shift. So I think that our clock is going to be related to like an atmosphere storm. Um, so we're going to do like a standard six part clock. Um, so we'll mark a six-part clock here. We will say the storms on boss. And when this clock runs out, there is going to be a massive gravitational storm that just absolutely wrecks us. <laughs> um, and we'll determine how that kind of plays out. Um, so basically, any time that I feel it is appropriate, I'm going to roll a dice to see if the clock moves forward on that um and we we might be on boss for a little bit so we will probably see that happen so back to uh the start of our quest so cassidy is just entering the atmosphere from uh space and i think that we get a small glimpse of just how bad these storms can be um i think the dust is kind of whipping up in the air um we feel the ship rattling as Cassidy keeps descending down. Um, and I think she has some trouble finding the actual hangar in all this storm. Um, all of her compasses and all of her, um, all of her devices meant for reading what's happening here are just going haywire. Um, there are lights flashing. There are, little noises beeping at her and just filling her with this sense of being lost inside this great storm. Um, I think that, um, so I think Cassidy is going to use her um, knowledge of how Jovian planets operate to try and leverage advantage out of this storm. Um, so we're going to be using one of the adventure moves right now, which is secure an advantage. When you assess a situation, make preparations, or attempt to gain leverage, envision your action and roll. If you act with speed, mobility, or agility, roll edge, resolve, command, or sociability, heart, strength, endurance, aggression, iron, deception, stealth, or trickery, shadow, expertise, focus, or observation, wits. Um, 
I think this is going to be a wits roll. Um, as the storm kind of starts swelling around her, um, she is familiar with the way the wind currents kind of carry things on these giant Jovian planets. Um, she's had to navigate plenty of them before. And I'm bringing in... Um, one of her assets, which is naturalist. Um, when I secure an advantage or gather information using my knowledge of life forms or planet side ecosystems, I add plus one and take plus one momentum to a hit. On a strong hit with a match, you also confirm an obscure theory or reveal a surprising aspect of the encounter. Mark one tick on your discoveries legacy track. Well, we can talk about those things when they happen. All right. So for now, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take plus one and take uh, we're going to roll plus wits. I'm just using her expertise to navigate this storm. Right. So my challenge dice, one is a three, one is an eight. I rolled a two on my action die. So that's two plus three, that's five, plus one is six. So that is still going to be a weak hit. Um, I passed the three, but not the eight. Um... On a hit, you succeed. On a strong hit, take both. On a weak hit, choose one. So I either get to take plus two momentum or I get to add plus one on my next move. Um, I think I'm going to, for now, take plus two momentum because I'm not sure narratively how plus one on my next move will work if I make it out of this storm. <clears throat> I think Cassidy does a thing that some pilots end up doing where they sort of just turn off all of their consoles. Um, and they, she starts just kind of relying on her natural instinct to kind of guide her to where she's pretty sure the, the base is. Um, she wrangles the controls. She kind of feels them jarring in her hands. Um, she starts flipping some levers and the beeping quickly stops. The flashing stops. But the, the ship is now quiet, and you can feel the engine humming as it kind of rattles in her hands. Um, but sure enough, as she takes it further and further down, you slowly start to see the winds sort of give way. It's almost as if she's starting to move with it. And that rattling slowly becomes quieter and quieter and quieter. And she is just kind of plummeting with the storm downward into um, into the lower part of the atmosphere. Uh, she breaks through it and gets down to where she can finally see the um, she can finally see the base in a moment of clarity. As Cassidy kind of comes into sight of the station, she is now familiar that the storm is not going to mess with any of her intercoms. Um, I think that there's a problem where you can't do it with these Jovian planets. Communication is already so hard in this world, but it's made even harder by these tumultuous waves of just gas and <laughs> nothingness that um i think that as soon as she gets clear line of the the station she starts trying to hail it this is cassidy o'brien star call sign tome requesting entry to florin over and then there's silence this is cassidy o'brien call sign tome 
requesting entrance. There's a little bit of static over the radio and a and then it's just off again. Um, and it seems that no one's responding to her hail and it seems like the, the gates are closed. I think Cassidy is going to have to, um, and this is kind of leading back into my uh, my swearing an iron vow. Um, I think that more questions than answers that weak hit on swearing an iron vow. I, I think that I don't think that Cassidy realizes that something wrong is happening at this station. Um, the wrong thing being the thing that we've already discussed. Um, that there is a, I don't want to call it a hostage situation, but there is a, um, there is a different group of people here who should not be operating things. Um, so I think Cassidy's going to have to land her ship outside of the hangar and make a planet side entry. Um, she's going to have to find an alternative way in. Um, I don't think I'm going to make her roll for landing. Um, I think just securing that advantage earlier and using her knowledge of how the Jovian planet itself works. I think she's able to uh, pretty comfortably land uh, the Sparrow Hawk just a few meters, uh, a a few meters, a comfortable distance away from um, the hangar. Um, we fe- she feels the throttle kind of give way as she gets closer and closer, and it's almost as if the gravity just kind of sticks the Sparrowhawk down to the ground in the end. Um, it gives like a, a heave um, as she finally makes purchase on the, the land. We watch as she prepares her um, H-mask. It, she hits a button around her collar, and it flies up around her uh, face and nose. Um, She puts on goggles so that the strong uh, winds do not affect her. Um, She does a quick analysis, and sure enough, the atmosphere around the the base is... It's manageable. Uh, She doesn't need to do any larger uh, protective uh, measures. Um... But I think we're going to go ahead, and as she walks out into the planet, we're going to move... um, I don't even think I'm going to roll for it. I think we're going to move the clock ahead on the Storms on Boss. Um, And we'll consider rolling for it whenever we get a little closer to um, some dramatic things, (laughs) let's say. As Cassidy looks around at the outside of the hangar, um, the, 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 as Cassidy walks on the boss, uh, terrain, um, it's rocky, it's windswept, um, it's kind of almost unstable sometimes, it feels like. There's a couple of times where the, the earth beneath her kind of gives way for a moment, um, but she straightens herself out. She's expecting this, um, and I think she's going to look around and see if she can find a way properly into the hangar, which that's going to be a gather information move. When you search for clues, conduct an investigation, analyze evidence, or do research, you roll plus wits. 
On a strong hit, you discover something helpful and specific. The path you follow or the path you must follow or action you must take to make progress is made clear. Envision what you learn, then take plus two momentum. On a weak hit, the information provides new insights, but also complicates your quest. Envision what you discover, then take plus one momentum. On a miss, your investigation unearths dire threats or reveals an unwelcome truth that undermines your quest. Pay the price. Okay. So this is going to be a plus wits roll, which is plus three for Cassidy. I'm going to go ahead and roll my dice. Oh, oh God. Okay. Um, so um, I rolled a one on my action dice. Um, <laughs> uh, so a one plus a three is a four. And I got a seven and a six on my challenge dice. Um, I cannot use momentum. So uh, momentum, what you can do at any point is you can drain your momentum back down to uh, the zero to basically get a roll, an action score that is that number. Um, it does not replace your dice roll. to double check um it does not replace your dice roll it replaces the actual action score which is why they use a very particular language when they describe action dice versus action score um so i only have plus five momentum so i cannot replace it to make a hit um so i must pay the price which that is a move that i can take a look at So, pay the price. When you suffer the outcome of an action, choose one. Make the most obvious negative outcome happen. Ask the oracle for inspiration. Interpret the answer as a hardship or complication appropriate to the situation. Or roll on the table below. If the result doesn't fit the situation, roll again. Hmm. I'm interested to see what this table that it has here um, can come up with. So we're just going to roll on that real quick, just out of curiosity and see if I like it. All right, so that's a 20. A surprising development complicates your quest. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, uh, that's, that's what we're going to do. That's the price we're going to pay. A surprising development complicates your quest.
I have a wild thought for this. And I think I am going... So the thing that's sticking out to me is surprising. And I think I want it to surprise me. And I I already thought I knew what was happening here. Um I thought that, you know, this group of people had come to um come to this research station to, you know, find solace or whatever. Um I think I'm going to change what's happening here. Um, and I mean, this is this is the great part of you know, um, this is the great part about solo roleplay is that just whatever's more narratively appropriate for me, right? Um, I think she finds a door. Um, I think she, um, as she kind of, uh, here's what I think: as Cassidy walks up to one of the hangar doors she finds that it's lazily hanging open kind of being whipped around by the wind um she walks in and the hangars are still filled with a couple of you know emergency ships and whatnot um but some of it's missing um the stuff for like land patrol is all taken from it except for one uh, speeder that is kind of um, sitting in the hangar. Uh, I think she gets access to all of the research base, and she finds that it's empty. Um, I think that this research base, you know, it's, it's big enough to, you know, hold about a dozen people or about 20 or so people, um, and no one's here. Um Actually, no. I think... I think most people are there. I think she finds... Um, I think when she walks up into the hangar, um, she sees that all of the... There's multiple... Um, like land speed uh vehicles that have been taken from the hangar um she sure enough um there's a mechanic or two that is hanging out in the 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 hangar himself them itself um and she introduces herself um says she tried hailing um and the hailing the the base and that no one responded to her the mechanics explain that yeah, um, most of the researchers here have been on high alert. Uh, we lost comms not too long ago, um, a couple of days ago, actually. And we haven't been uh, receiving any of our supplies um, because of the, the bail fires that have been delaying things. Um, I think Cassidy is told that... Um, Isaac Shepard and a few other um, researchers went on a little expedition to find something that they can use to help repair or even gather some food, honestly. Um, and I think this is going back to the, the thing that I rolled earlier, that their um, projects are um, 
one of their projects is hunting. I think some of the researchers are just trying to hunt for something to eat to help feed the researchers in this time of need. Um, I think before moving further in, I think Cassidy um, invites the mechanics to come help get some uh, get some of the stuff from her ship so that they can at least have something to eat there. Um, and she's going to go try to find Isaac out on this storm-ridden planet. Um, I think we're going to do two things here. I think we're going to tick another box on our storms on boss tension chart. And I think we're also going to uh, do one of our quest moves, which is to um, make progress. Um, so we're going to take a look at our quest here, which is retrieve information from Isaac. Um, and we've made progress. Um, we have landed on the planet. We have gotten access to the research base, and we've learned that Isaac is not here. Um, and he's the main one that we need to talk to. No one can really help us besides Isaac. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to mark two boxes because our difficulty is dangerous. I think um, after giving the assets to um, the researchers and talking with a couple of people for a bit, um, and just getting a better idea of where they went. Um, I think the researchers say that they went southwest um, to one of the... There's a quarry site that they have been retrieving some rock from, and there had been some leftover materials there uh, that they were going to try to bring back. And then they were going to try to pick up any food or hunt anything along the way that could help sustain them a bit more. Um, life on boss is sparse. Uh, so they do not have a lot of easy pickings and a lot of the life here is not too kind to people poking and prodding at it. Um, cause it has to be intense to intense life to survive such a, um, harsh environment. Um, I think this is the time that they would, um, actually inform her of some of the things that she might run into if she's going to go out and find them, um, which there is a little creature sheet here that I can kind of roll up on and we can um, determine what life forms are on boss. So give me one second here. I'm going to roll that. All right. So for the creatures, first we are going to choose... Um, uh, so you can technically roll if you're just creating random creatures for like space, interior, land, liquid, air. Um, I think we're going to create two land creatures and one air creature. Um, so first off, we're going to roll for scale, which I got an 89. Uh, so the first land creature is going to be large, which is vehicle sized. Um, so it's going to be a large... Then we're gonna make uh, we're gonna choose what the basic creature form is. I got a 98, which is 
Oh, I get to roll twice on this. Okay, so I have to roll two times. That was a 93, which was also rolled twice. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna roll four times. We're just gonna roll twice. Um, so a 35, which is humanoid or bipedal. Okay. And then a 75, which is a spider or web weaver. Oh my God. Humanoid or bipedal spiders. Oh God. Um, Okay, I'm already on burn boss to the ground uh, team. If you are team burn boss to the ground, um, please let me know. And um, Okay, I didn't like this. Um, I'm going to write this down, though. Um, so, battle or humanoid spider. It does say web weaver. Um so you can kind of interpret that how we feel. Uh, but I'm just going to leave that uh, leave that open for discussion, I guess. Oh, that's also as large as a uh, vehicle, which is... Um, I hate that the first enemy I rolled up was a giant spider, essentially. Um, that's uncomfortable. Uh, one second... All right, so we said two land creatures, um, but I, th yeah, we, let's find out what another one is. Let's specifically make a, uh, we're going to choose like a, like a rodent size. Yeah, we're going to do a, or no, let's do a small. Actually, let's leave that up to the Oracle 50 or below. It's small. Anything higher, it's a medium, or I'm sorry, tiny versus small. All right, so a 93, so it's small. It's going to be dog sized. So a dog sized, and then we're going to take a look at this. So that is 30, the 40 actually. So that's a 40. So it's insectoid or exoskeletal. Okay, so there are, okay, it's kind of the same thing. Um, that would make sense that insect, Insectoids would survive well on this planet. Um, so it is a uh, dog-sized, so it's small insectoids. Yeah, I, I think this makes a lot of sense to Cassidy. Um, I mean, she is a naturalist. She's, uh, I mean, this is right up her alley. Um, she's an exobiologist. She's, she knows about planetary life forms, and it all makes sense to her. I mean, it's it's a gaseous planet. Um, insectoids and other similar things kind of have a, um, they have an advantage on planets like this. Um, I think I'm just going to stick to the idea that anything on this planet is kind of like an insectoid. There might be some flying insects or something, too. Um, we'll kind of see what the narrative draws out of that. So I think after getting all this information to Cassidy, they went out hunting. Uh, they were also looking for some supplies out at this um, quarry that was in the southwest. Um, I think... Cassidy asks if she can, or if they have a, um, 
if they have like a land speed vehicle accessible to her. And I think it's likely that they do, but we're going to roll on the Oracle. Um, so when you roll Oracle to see a, a yes or no question like this, um, you determine how likely something is. And I think it's likely. Um, so for something that's likely, um, we're going to do a 70 or less is what is needed to say that, yes, they have this. So let's take a look. I got an 81. Um, I think the researchers kind of look down and they say, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, there was only a few vehicles that we have and they've taken them all out. Um, that's why none of us have gone looking for them yet. We just, it's a pain to get out there. Um, we have some other supplies, if that would help. Um, and I think they give her, um, I think they just give her some, they share some of the rations and whatnot that she brought on. Um, and I think they give her like a, uh, I think they give her like a shotgun, actually. I think they have like a shotgun or something laying around, uh, or like, you know, the space equivalent of that. Something a little better than like the pistol and machete that she normally carries around. Um, all right. We watch as Cassidy um, goes out to begin her expedition. Uh, she kind of uh, gets strapped up. We watch her go back into the ship and retrieve uh, this metal cylinder, and she attaches it to her um, to her waist. Um, she gets some water rations and stuff that she has. She gets a purifier, you know, your, your normal survival kit things. And she steps out and puts a scarf over her face and her mask, and she gets ready to head out into this harsh, harsh environment. So now we are going to make a new move that we haven't done before. That's to undertake an expedition. When you trailblaze a route through perilous space, journey over hazardous terrain, or survey a mysterious site, give the expedition a name and a rank. Then for each segment of the expedition, envision your approach. If you move at speed, roll edge, keep under the radar, roll shadow, stay vigilant, roll wits. On a strong hit, you reach a waypoint, envision the location, and mark progress per the rank of the expedition. On a weak hit, as above, but this progress costs you. Choose one. Suffer cost on route. Make a suffer move or two suffer moves. Uh, that depends on how bad the suffer move is. Uh, face a peril at the waypoint. Envision what you encounter. On a miss, you are waylaid by a crisis or arrive to a waypoint to confront an immediate hardship or threat. Do not mark progress and pay the price. So, our expedition... Find Isaac. I think it's going to be troublesome. I don't think they're too far off, um, but I do think it is going to be a troublesome endeavor.
So as we begin the first part of our exp uh, expedition, uh, we're going to go ahead and roll for the first part of it. Um, so you roll, see if you succeed or not, and then you mark your progress. And then we'll talk about like whatever waypoint I find. Um, so I'm going to roll it. Um, I think that we are going to... Um, I think since she's on foot, I think she knows she needs to keep under the radar. So I think she's going to try to navigate this planet, um, well, quote unquote, under the radar. So I think she's going to try to do it stealthily. So that means we're going to roll shadow for it. Um, so her shadow is plus two. All right. Well, I rolled a one and a 10 on the action dice. So that's funny. Um so I rolled a one, or I'm sorry, I rolled a one and a 10 on the challenge dice. I rolled a one on the action dice, plus two is three. So that is a weak hit. Um, so on a weak hit, uh, as above, but this progress costs you. Choose one, suffer costs en route, or face a peril at the waypoint. Envision what you encounter. Um, I think when we arrive to the first waypoint. I think there's a um, rock that has had a flag kind of like placed down into it that's kind of whipping in the wind. Um, long range vision is really hard to see here and this the sun is kind of trying to beam through this thick, thick atmosphere. Um, it feels almost arid, which is weird. It's kind of quiet even through all of this wind kind of whistling around. Um, and I think, just to see if I like, there is a planet-side peril oracle that I'm going to roll on to see what do we find. 59. Ah, we're not going to do that. Meteorites fall from the sky. I don't think that's quite right. I think that we are going to suffer a cost in route. I think we're going to make a suffer move. I think we are going to suffer spirit damage. I think this is going to be a stressful journey um, just with how difficult this terrain is. So we're going to go from five spirit to four spirit. So that's a minus one suffer move. And then we're going to take another minus one suffer move. I think we're just going to lose some momentum as well. Um, I think that we're going to go from five to four. I think that this is just slowing our progress and we're getting frustrated. Uh, Cassidy is very frustrated with how this is going so far. She expected this to be a very easy event and it was not. Um, she looks ahead uh, out into the distance and she sees that there are uh, signs of vehicles properly passing through here still, so she knows she's on the right path. We're going to roll again for the... Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to mark progress on our expedition, and then we're going to roll again to see uh, if we can get even further. All right, so this time I rolled a 5 plus 2, which is a 7, and I got a 6 and a 5, so I got a strong hit. Um, so on a strong hit, you reach a waypoint. Envision the location and mark progress per the rank of the expedition. Um, I think this place is like a satellite uh, location. Um, I think she um, she sees a... Hold on. 
think it's almost like a shack um, that it seems that they have kind of uh, ridden past. Um, there's probably some basic supplies in there. Um, nothing she needs right now, but she notes it for later purposes. Um, there is signs that they've been through here not too long ago, maybe a day ago or so. Um, and it seems like this is a good spot for her to stop and catch her breath for a moment. Um, she pulls the cylinder out from her waist and she clicks it and the cylinder kind of expands and then rotates out and it starts, uh, and it starts to, um, as sure enough, as soon as she kind of clicks it and expands, uh, it starts to hover and it kind of forms itself into a sphere. Um, Cassidy looks up to it. Okay, Sparky, I, we need to be very careful from here on out. Lead the way. And I think this is where we get her companion, Sparky. Uh, Sparky is a survey bot and one of her assets. Um, where she's been trying to be stealthful from here, um, she realizes she really needs to be vigilant from here on out because she's further away from the base. Um, so she's going to use Sparky to help her navigate this next section. When your survey bot companion scans the path ahead, when you undertake an expedition plus wits over land or within a site, add plus one. So uh, we are going to mark progress on our expedition. And then we're going to roll for our next part. So I rolled a four on my action die, uh, four plus three plus one, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and then I rolled a seven and a four on my uh, challenge dice. Um, so that means that's a strong hit again. Um, thank you, Sparky. Um, I think what this looks like is that I think that... Um, I think that she, Cassidy, through this storm and this terrible environment, I think she eventually comes on the vehicles that they had left from their with on their expedition, um, and it seems like they have gone into this quarry of sorts. Um, the vehicles are mostly empty. Uh, it looks like they had taken a couple of supplies to go in this quarry. Um, it's kind of almost like an open face cave. I, I don't know how to describe this very well. Um, it's ragged in terrain. Uh, the wind makes it hard to see just how deep it goes. Um, but it seems like there has been recent activity here and maybe even signs that something has gone a little bit of awry. Um, I think we're going to explore a waypoint here. Um, I think that She's going to make a pit stop here to explore the entrance of this cave to see, or this uh, quarry, to see that if she finds anything of use. Um, this is going to be uh, when you divert from an expedition to examine a notable location, roll plus wits. On a strong hit, you choose one. On a strong hit with a match, you may instead make a discovery. On a weak hit, you discover something interesting, but it is bound up by peril or reveals an ominous aspect of this place. 
Envision what you encounter, then take plus one momentum. On a miss, you encounter an immediate hardship or threat. You must pay the price. And on a miss with a match, you may instead confront chaos. So this is with wits. Um, I just rolled a one on my action die, which is plus three. Um, but then I rolled a 10 and an eight on my challenge die uh, dice. Um, so... I must encounter an immediate hardship or threat and must pay the price. I think I am going to... Uh, I think this is what happens. As Cassidy starts kind of surveying over the vehicles with uh, Sparky kind of hovering around her, um, I think we watch from a different angle as a leg, a big spindly leg starts kind of crawling from outside of one of the um, one of the uh, the vehicles, and we watch as it slowly starts to to slink its way from the other from under the vehicle to climb up and around and on top of it, and as it's as it kind of gets its feelers out. Um, it is this rather large spidery being. Um, it stands up on two legs and it has, um, it has this kind of turgid brown body that sort of hunches over a little bit as it's six other like spindly arms sort of um, curl towards Cassidy. And it's so quiet in this storm that she's not able to hear it. And she stands up and turns around and sees it. And then it takes a quick lunge at her. And I think she takes uh, one. Uh, she is going to take some damage as she reels back from it. Uh, and she is going to be at four health. And I think that is the price we pay. I think Cassidy is now at a disadvantage. Um, and she is going to have to react under fire. Um, when you are in a bad spot and take action in a fight to avoid danger or overcome an obstacle, envision your approach and roll. Um, I think for this first part, she is trying to pursue, flee, dodge, or get back into position. And that's going to be rolled with plus edge, which is not a strong suit of hers. But I think that's what's happening here. I think she's trying to run away at first. It, it It's on top of her and she wants to get some distance. Um, so we're going to roll. Okay. So three plus one is four. Um, I rolled a two and an eight on the challenge dice. So that is a weak hit. On a weak hit, you avoid the worst of the danger or overcome the obstacle, but not without a cost. Make a suffer move. You stay in a bad spot. Um, she gets some distance. Uh, she kind of scrambles on the ground a little bit um, as she puts some space in between her and this giant arachnid creature. Um, in the process, though, um, I think she... 
I think Sparky actually takes a hit. Uh, one of the suffer moves is that a companion takes a hit. Um, I think it kind of swats at Sparky and it loses one health. Uh, it only has three health, so it does not have a lot of health here. Um, it kind of it kind of um, reels from the hit and hovers around uh, until I think it actually kind of probably calls to her, turns into a little cylinder, and she puts it on her hip. Um, she is still in a bad spot, though, as the creature in its kind of clawing grasps tries to get back at her. And I think she's going to try to strike when you are, I'm sorry, a clash. When you are in a bad spot and fight back against a foe at close quarters, roll plus iron. Or when you exchange fire at a distance, roll plus edge. Um, both are not her strong suit. Um, but she is going to try to fire this shotgun at this creature. Um, so... I forgot to do something really important, and that is to enter the fray. Um, when you initiate combat or are forced into a fight, envision your objective and give it a rank. If the combat includes discrete challenges or phases, set an objective with a rank for each. Then roll to see if you are in control. If you are on the move, edge, facing off against your foe, roll heart. Into the thick of it at close quarters, roll iron, preparing to act against an unaware foe, roll shadows, or caught in a trap or sizing up the situation, roll plus wits. Um, I think we're just going to treat that as if I missed. Um, that is an important move that I just completely did not catch. Um, but I am going to envision the objective and give it a rank. I think it's, you know escape or kill this arachnid thing um, and it's going to be a troublesome endeavor um, so uh, it's going to require basically four successes to get through this so we're going to take a shot with the shotgun uh, and we're going to roll plus edge okay so that's one plus one uh, is two, and I rolled a two and a six for the challenge dice. Um, so that is technically a miss. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to drain my moment. I'm going to burn momentum. So I'm going to go to four and use that as a weak hit. So I get to mark progress, but I am dealt a counter blow or setback. I stay in a bad spot and must pay the price. I really want to stop being in a bad spot here. Um, so I'm going to burn my momentum, which imme immediately resets back to two. Um, that's just how momentum works. Um, I'm going to take this as a weak hit. Uh, so we're going to mark three on our combat progress. Okay. Um, I think Cassidy fires out the shotgun. There's a loud, uh, noise as the beast kind of takes this blow. Um, it crackles its mandibles a little bit as it, um, as it makes like a blood curdling screech. Um, I think, 
I think she's going to just endure more stress right now. Um, I think it's going to go from a four to a three. Um, I think that this is a terrifying sight to witness. Um, and I think that the sheer, um, the, the, the noise and the racket that's happening is just stressing her the hell out. Um, so she's going to take one more spirit damage and take her down to three. I think that Cassidy realizes that this is not going her way. Um, she cannot face this thing up close. It's too fast. There's too many limbs, too many targets. And she's not very skilled with a shotgun. She really only knows her pistol and her machete. Um, so she is going to change the plan, uh, trying to find a way out, or cleverly bypassing an obstacle. Um, she's going to see if there is a... Uh, like a better um, opportunity closer to the edge of the quarry. Um, and she thinks that maybe if she can lure it over there, she could maybe knock it down um, or use the environment to her advantage. Um, so she is going to react under fire. Um, she is in a bad spot and taking action in a fight. And since she is changing the plan, finding a way out or cleverly bypassing an obstacle, she is going to roll plus wits. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so I rolled a four on the action dice. Four plus three is seven. But I also rolled... Um, I rolled uh, seven on my challenge dice on both of them. So it is a failure with a match. Um, so when you match, or when the two challenge dice match and you fail or succeed, uh, they encourage you to make them the greater of those things. Um, so think of it as like the nat 20 or the nat 1 in D&D. &D. Uh, but this, these rules specifically encourage you to create more peril. Um, the situation worsens. Um, so... So I think this is going to be a major setback. I think we are going to lose three momentum. I think one, two, three. So that means I'm at negative one momentum. Negative momentum means that if I roll a dice that matches that, so if I roll a one on my action dice, it will completely negate the dice. Um, and then it resets. So uh, I really don't want to have to deal with that one. Um, yeah. And I think the situation worsens as I, Cassidy sorts, uh, sort of tries to reposition herself to get over to the cliff's edge. And I think another one of these things kind of crackles itself from over the edge. Um and so now she is two versus one. I think the one coming up over the, the ridge spooks her. And I think she immediately takes fire with her shotgun. So she is going to clash. I rolled a five on the action dice. 
with a six and a nine on the challenge dice. So a five plus one is six. It does not hit. Um, it comes up to her uh, from the ledge. Uh, the 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 shotgun shot was just too quick and not precise enough. And it comes at her and I think it rests the thing out of her hands. And I think the price that she pays is that she's going to sacrifice resources. I think the loss is that she loses the shotgun. So she is going to be at four supply. Cassidy quickly surveys the situation and is trying to find a way out. Um, she knows that she cannot take this two-on-one situation, um, so she is now going to try to react under fire with wits. Okay, um, I rolled a six on my action dice, so that's a nine, um, but I rolled a four and a ten on my challenge dice. I still am not getting that strong hit here, um, I think Cassidy notices whenever the thing rests the shotgun out of her hands and throws it away from her, I think she notices that the other one looks very intently where the shotgun landed, and she realizes that if she can distract it, she might be able to get away. So I think she loses another supply, going down to three, as she just hucks some stuff out of her bag at the um, at the ground and watches as both of them look at it, um, and she is able to put more space in between them. She's going to continue assessing the situation. Um, She knows that she can distract them with noise, and she needs to get control of this uh, spot. Okay, finally. Um, Six on the action dice, finally. Um, with an eight and a two on the challenge dice. Thank goodness. Uh, so six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, it's a strong hit. You succeed in control. Take plus one momentum, which puts me at zero. Um, I'm finally in control of this fight. Um, I think she realizes that part of the way that these creatures see is through, um, feeling the vibrations on the ground. Um, she realizes that they probably can't actually see very well through storms, so they've evolved ways to to um, have evolved ways to kind of um, see things without eyes proper. Um, and she, I think she notices that. I think they don't have eyes. I think she realizes this is all a complete like sensory thing for them. Um, so she learns that she can use that to her advantage. Since she has that advantage, she's going to pull out her pistol and she realizes that it doesn't create as much noise as the shotgun. Um, She's going to line up a shot on the one that she's already damaged as she kind of stops moving around as much. So she takes time to take aim. Um, And I think actually she's trying to secure an advantage here. Um... I think that she's trying to secure an advantage by not moving. She's trying to focus. She's trying to aim. And I'm not sure if this is how the rules intended. Some Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think in the middle of this fight, as she tries to gain focus here, she's going to try to secure an advantage. So I'm going to roll for that. Um, it's going to be with wits because it's with focus. So I rolled a f- two on the action die. 
um, which is a five. Um, she gets to take plus one because she is a naturalist and she's trying to secure an advantage with the knowledge of life forms. Um, but even with that, I rolled a seven and a nine on the challenge die, so that is not good. Cassie has been having some hard rolls today. It's just the, how the way the dice goes. So she's not able to secure an advantage. And on a miss, you fail, or your assumptions betray you. Pay the price. Um, I think I think honestly, she's just not going to get any benefit out of this, and I think she's going to lose her momentum for this. I think she's still going to take the shot. Um, she's just she realizes she can't stop the environment around her, so she's still in control of the fight. She's just not with a supreme advantage here. Um, she really needed that advantage because fighting is not her strong suit. Um, she's going to. Try to take a very precise shot with her pistol. We roll plus edge. <sighs> this just goes to show you that Cassidy is not built for this at all. And even trying to use her wits, she is just no match for physical encounters like this. Um, she's just in this open space where resources are not available to her. I'm going into this spiel because I rolled a four plus one is five. Um, but I also rolled a matching 10 on the challenge dice. So, um, I think that two things happen. One She's going to become even more stressed out. That's going to be one suffer. And two, I think she's going to realize... I think I think her spirit is brought to more stress when she misses the shots time and time again. So I think the other penalty here is that she realizes she needs to really throw their trail off so all those rations that they sent her with she's just pitches them um to try to get space and maybe distract them with eating or something and i think that's going to take her supply down from three to one so overall she's taking three penalties um because it was a match and i think um that's how she gets lever keeps leverage in this fight um I think we watch as these insectoids start grubbing away. Um, and I think that... I think we watch as these arachnoids um, start absolutely feasting on the uh, the rations that she had on her. And I think she's just going to abandon this. I think she's going to run away uh deeper into the deeper into the quarry hoping that she can quickly find um find Isaac we are facing defeat um that is the penalty that we are taking um when you abandon or are deprived of an objective which is to kill um the um creatures 
uh, envision the consequence of this failure, clear the objective and pay the price. Um, I think, I, I think her spirit, you know, it's just hurt. Um, we've already talked about that. Um, I think maybe she like scrapes herself a bit, like trying to escape. She's really rough about it. Um, I, I really don't think too much more hardship needs to happen to her. She's already suffered through a lot. I think she maybe hurts herself a little bit and drops down to three health as she kind of clambers away in the, the ruckus of everything and probably twists a foot a little bit in her, in her haste. And I think she's going to try to finish the last part of her expedition, which is to get down into the quarry and find Isaac. So I think she's moving at speed. Um, I think she's trying her best to run away from these things. I don't think that... I think she is just in a panic trying to run away. All right. Um, I rolled a uh, one. Matching, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. I rolled a one on the action dice, plus one is two, and then I rolled two ones on the challenge dice. Thank the dice gods that Cassidy had a strong hit here. Okay, so on a strong hit, you reach a waypoint, envision the location, and mark progress per the rank of the expedition. This is actually the last mark that we're putting on here. So this is where Cassidy finds Isaac. And I think because it's a strong hit, um, I think it because it's a strong hit, I think it's the best case scenario. Um, Cassidy winds her way through uh, a couple of like trenches that have been kind of dug through the quarry. And eventually she hears someone call out to her. Hey, you, you there. Over here, over here. Come quickly, quickly. And I think that she looks over and she sees one of the researchers kind of calling her over to this door that is built into the side of the the ground. Um, Cassidy looks behind her and she sees that those arachnids, there's more of them now, and they're kind of like encroaching her in her position. She finds extra purchase into the ground and she starts sprinting towards the door. (laughs) And then eventually she gets in and the door is shut and you hear clanging against the metal as these insectoids try to get into the building um but they're not able to um and i think she looks around the room and there she sees isaac shepherd and about five other researchers sitting warm around a a fire essentially with rations and things that she needs to recuperate and isaac looks over to her cassidy o'brien is that you And I think that's where we end the session. So two small little bookkeeping things before we completely end the session. Um, First off, we are, we've marked progress. Uh, We definitely just completed an expedition. So delivering, uh, retrieving the information from Isaac, we get to make progress on. Um, We have made uh, two chunks. We have three more chunks to go. Um, so we will probably have to find our way out of here and make it back to the research base in order for this quest to be fully completed. Um, cause I mean, the information's not useful if you can't deliver it, right? Um, 
then lastly, we have an end of session move, I believe. All right. So, um, end of session. When you end a significant session or chapter of play, reflect on the events of the game and identify any missed opportunities to mark progress. If you strengthened your ties to a connection, develop your relationship. If you moved forward on a quest, reach a milestone, which we did. We reached a milestone. If there is a quest, connection, or other situation you would like to get focused to in your next session, make note of it and take plus one momentum. Um, so just my thoughts. This was so raw and visceral and kind of, um, I don't know, recording this feels very um, vulnerable, really. Um, I mean, it's just me and a microphone and my thoughts. And there's a weird vulnerableness to this that I, it, it, it feels strange. Um, I'm not going to lie. I recorded this, well, I recorded a play session of like 10 minutes or so of actual play, but I just found myself stumbling and staggering and feeling like I had to be perfect because it felt like I was... I, I don't know. It, it felt weird to me. And I actually had to stop, clear my head and just start from the beginning, start from the iron vow, work from there, take it slow. Um, my brain just wanted to get through so quickly for some reason. Um, it didn't want to sit and savor each moment like you would in the role playing table. It, it was so weird to feel that. Um, but yes, um, as a marker, um, I believe that Cassidy is at one supply, two spirit, and three health. I am at negative one momentum. Um, and I'm just saying these things out loud because I realized that my sheet got all messed up as I was saying these things. Sorry, that's my ADHD brain working. I had to say that before I forgot it. Um, it's, wow. Um it feels so much better whenever you just sort of embrace the slow progress of things and sit in scenes for a bit. And I recognize that I could have probably lingered even longer on some things. Um, so please, uh, if you're listening to this, let me know, like, we'll use a debrief stars and wishes. What are your stars? What are the things that you enjoyed listening to? What are some wishes? What are you, some things that you hope that you will see next time that I play? Um, uh, a star for me is that I really liked the fact that I, I, I liked the fact that narratively it was reinforced that Cassidy is not a fighter because when she tried to fight it just kept failing miserably and that's all because the dice said she would um i liked the fact that i completely changed the fact that I, originally this was going to be like a group of like raiders or something that had just come to set purchase here but since the thing said to surprise i surprised myself um that's just how it that what felt right to me um, and it also gave me an opportunity to have an ex expedition on this world, which is just, that's just fantastic. Um, I am excited for next session when we have to deal with the bug problem. Um, there's definitely a bug problem ahead of us. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm curious to see how we'll deal with that. 
Um, I'm also excited to actually build a connection with a character. We'll be talking to Isaac. Um, and then I'll have to put my head into that kind of role play space. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, so the next episode of this, I'm going to be recording and trying to get some editing done. Um, again, I'm just kind of doing these things as I finish them. Not a whole lot of editing. I hope you liked the little bit of a start, uh, edit that I gave this. Um, and if you're listening, thank you so much. Um, this is just kind of for me. And if anyone wants to listen with me and, experience solo role-playing um please please do uh it's it's a very weird experience um and i i have to admit like this is vulnerable this is just what it is and if i don't know if this makes good content um if it does that's great if it doesn't then hey i guess it's not for that you know what i mean um so yeah if you're listening thank you for your time um I hope you all have a wonderful week ahead of yourselves, um, and I'll see you next time. Until later. This is Tome, signing out.